I mean, luckily so. for Brandon, we didn't hear half of his speech <laughs> because the waves were a paid actor in the background. The, like, the sound editors like went on fucking break. I know this podcast is a very big part of your life. You've mentioned it to me multiple times. Kind of a, you know, a bad foundation group. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, no. Hold on with me, Derek. Yes! This Christmas music. The one thing that I said that was false, Derek. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Don't insult my intelligence. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. Merry Christmas. Merry welcome to the holiday special. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing. There's nothing holiday themed about this episode at all, other than it's recorded the week of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm sorry that we had to take a, a week off. Our spot was stolen by boy band Christmas, so we had to yeah. delay this recording by a week. Boy band Christmas took precedent. It was like pri- the priority. It, we were um, begged not to record last week so that we wouldn't yeah. pull any focus from boy band Christmas. Um, but yeah, we thank you guys so much for your understanding. Um, we had finals and we were both wanting to die. So we <laughs> took last week yeah. off. And speaking, continuing on the theme of grad school and wanting to die, Emily and I are both going into our last full semesters of grad school, which is terrifying. Um, yeah, it's thrilling and mind numbing all at the same time. <laughs> all at the same time. We're both going to be done like in May, right? You're done in May as well. Um, I do. I have another semester after it. This is just my last one. That's Full three, one. three classes. And then I'll be two classes and then one class in the fall. Hopefully. Nice. So this is our last like real big one. I'm done in June. Emily's got a little more time, but like this is her last really full one. So uh, the decision was made that we're going to be continuing with this format for Clayton season of doing a recap every two weeks instead of every week. Um, mostly because of grad school, but also because as you guys know, the last few seasons have been so incredibly boring that we could record one episode. We could record one episode a season. We could do, (laughs) we could do one seasonal recap (laughs) and it would still be an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so we're, we're gonna, with, with also the fact that we're not feeling too optimistic about Clayton's season combined with our busy schedules it makes sense for us to do every other week hopefully whoever has a season after Clayton or if it's paradise or whatever will be back on with our weekly and be excited yeah, about it content. but but in terms of Clayton we were like you know what I just don't have high enough hopes <laughs> and and you know what if we are proven wrong then those bi-weekly recaps will be phenomenal yeah <laughs> well it'll be amazing or like yeah. we potentially this might change like this is all just a decision that we kind of were like maybe we should try this out and then if it doesn't work yeah. or if we feel like we want to do weekly we'll we'll discuss you know what? Okay, so it's not a forever decision, but bear with us because we're both going to be really busy for a little while, but we want to keep making the show. So we are going to be bi-weekly for the time being. So that being said, um, let's kick off our bi-weekly 15-minute recap of two episodes of Michelle's season. Five Speed hours around. of TV could be recapped in about 20 minutes. So. Yeah. Like how much time do you have? Because we'll do it in 10. Uh. <laughs> and honestly, like I know that you guys already watched it. Chances are if you listen to this podcast, you watched the episodes. Um, we're not enough happened where we feel the need to go event by event. So we're just kind of going to be talking about overarching, like overarching themes. themes. Yeah. It's yeah. a thematic, it's a thematic recap <laughs> over a plot recap, you know? 
And it's like, it's not that, you know, cause a lot of events technically did occur, but they all felt the same as yeah. both past seasons and as each other. It was just a lot of like, okay, we don't need to talk about everything that happened because like not a whole lot happened to be honest. Oh, every especially, day was the same. Especially last week. Like this week, obviously the finale, like there's a little more juice to it, but the fantasy suite episode was quite literally, um, yeah. it was a little tedious, so. I like hardly really paid attention to be honest, but I, the, the two primary things we wanted to talk about from the fantasy suite episode were one after Brandon's fantasy suite, he went first. Um, and then Joe goes and while Joe is on his fantasy suite, um, Brandon and Nate. So this in seasons past, they have aired them out of order for however it it would benefit the show most dramatically. Mm-hmm. But this conversation seemed to make me believe that they aired them in the order that they happened. So we see Brandon and Nate discussing while Joe is on his fantasy suite and Brandon's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> you put the one you're the most sure about first. And Nate, who's going to have the last one is like, no, no, no. You put the one you're the most sure about last. And I was like, I literally feel like I'm watching fifth graders. Yeah, I was like, I'm losing brain cells, like, as I watch this happen. No, don't get me wrong, like, this is a debate we have as people who watch the show, but, like, why are you guys having this debate? Yeah, don't you have other things? Don't you have bigger fish to fry? Like, oh, does Michelle actually like me? Focus on that. Like, like, why are you like, maybe the order will help determine if she likes me or not. Like, okay, I don't think that that's going to be the key to understand. It felt like they were playing MASH. They were like, they literally were. And they were getting so, yeah, I don't know. This is, you guys know, like, Kayla and I are not Team Brandon. Never been Team Brandon. Still not Team Brandon. We'll never be Team Brandon. (laughs) Um, And so it only made me more angry at him because I think that he, this just like, shows his immaturity to me and like yeah. Nate was engaging too like it's not to be like Nate gets off like you know without yeah. any you know criticism but like I think Brandon is the one who focuses the most on like kind of the game of it and strategy yeah. and we see it more at the end of that episode and also in the last episode with the letter he sends like yeah. he's kind of focused on playing the game I think more so than Nate who's got who gets criticized for, for it yeah like, I think Brandon is much more giving into the game of it with, like, gift giving and, like, just everything he says. I find I find the way he talks to be manipulative. Other people think it's genuine. I don't. I think it's a little bit manipulative. I think that he, um, I don't know. I just think that he gives into the game more than the other two guys versus the other guys get more cr- criticism for that. And I'm like, that doesn't yeah. make sense. Joe is, like, by far my favorite of her top three. Oh, like, yeah. Joe to me just and like this is kind of segueing into like Joe going home this episode people were like but it seemed like she liked Joe so much more than she liked Brandon and like I think that's true but I think it's a little bit of like a pilot Pete Hannah Brown situation like she admitted that she liked Pete more than she liked Tyler but she was like it will be harder to say goodbye I know I'm not picking either of them and it will be harder to say goodbye to Peter if I keep this going when I know I'm not picking him versus like, it's not going to be that hard for me to say goodbye to Tyler at this point. So I'll keep Tyler. Right. I, so I think it was same. a similar thing here. I felt the same way, even though her goodbye with Brandon was really hard to watch. I think, yeah, I think for her, I just think Joe, like, I think for opposite reasons, Brandon and Nate are not end game. I think Brandon is too intense to be end game and does not like, doesn't think about like real life, like relationships 
this is what drives me crazy about Brandon. And this is why I have so many criticisms of him. Relationships aren't supposed to be you just telling the person you're dating how obsessed with them you are 24 seven. And I think the fact that Brandon does that put a pressure then on Nate to do that. And that's why there was all this like, but Nate can't express how he feels. And I'm like, he's not supposed to just tell her he's in love with her every Every second second. of every day. That's not how relationships work. Like you guys are weird. (laughs) And also like- It kind of reminded me, obviously, Brandon is like a much better person than Robbie Hayes, but it also kind of reminded me of the JoJo Robbie Hayes situation where like she kept Robbie over Chase McNary because she liked Robbie less. Like same thing as the Hannah Brown mentality, but that end goodbye is still hard because you've spent all this time with this person and like you do care about them, but like you're just not like gonna pick them. And like I, the, the Joe thing to me, like to me in my brain, her final three are three, like very distinct types of guys that you date over the course of your life. Like Brandon is the guy that you date. That's like way more into you than you're into him. Nate is the guy that you date that it just like is so it's, it's lust and it just burns too hot, too fast. And then Joe is the guy that's like a healthy mix of both who also like Joe is the person in my brain that would have made the most sense for her long-term. Like he is from Minneapolis. Like that such a big debate with the other two guys is like, are you going to move to Minnesota? We don't have to worry about with that with Joe. Like their families are both from Minneapolis. Like they like each other. It's intense. They're attracted to each other, but it's not so intense that it's going to burn out. And I'm like, Joe just seemed like the perfect fit for her. And I just like, don't understand this decision. Totally agree. Totally agree. Like I think Joe was the perfect I don't even like I don't want to say safe choice because I also think that there's a lot of like there's a lot of risk in any of it but like he's the perfect balance of the two of them like Brandon is too caught up in his emotions and not enough real life Nate is a little too bad boy not won't say what he means I think I also think some of that I do think that Nate got fucked by editing I think that they wanted to edit him to seem a lot worse than he is um because he wins so they love conflict um (laughs) but that all that being said even knowing that I loved Joe and I felt like Joe yeah. was endgame and the fact that he went home I was shocked like I was like what it was like as surprising as like when Pilot Pete went home on Hannah season because yeah. everybody could see she liked Peter more than she liked Tyler and we were all like why like yeah what's... which also like imagine liking Peter more than you like yeah, Tyler. like that's so oh. fucking embarrassing <laughs> oh don't admit that <laughs> that's that's gonna be the real recap of this episode is me recapping Hannah Brown's book Hannah to Brown's you season. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I read, I listened to her audiobook. Um, I just like the world sucks right now. Like, I just needed light, frilly, like bachelor content from when the show was still really good. Like Hannah's season was good. Yeah, and so I was like, I need to listen to this book. Anyways, I'll get into it toward the end for anyone who's interested. I'll give some spoilies. Um, in case you don't feel like actually reading the book, which I don't think Emily does. No, I will um, not be reading it, but <laughs> I appreciate give, the recap. <laughs> I'll give the spoilies at the end. So, anyways, um, Joe goes home. Very surprising. And like, she, this is my one thing I don't like about Michelle and I don't like to criticize Michelle because I think she's a great person and I think she's a great lead. But one of my criticisms of Michelle is that I find the way that she breaks up with people to be kind of manipulative. When she broke up with Joe, she was like, I'm still falling in love with you right now. I'm like, that's not what he fucking wants to hear. No, no. Just send him like the kindest thing that you can do for someone when you break up with them is just be like, I'm sorry. I just don't feel that way. Even if it's not true. Like, yeah, 
this isn't about making you feel better. Like you're ending it with them. Like give them as much closure as you possibly can. Like she provided yeah. Joe and Brandon with absolutely no closure. Yeah. Like it, it is. Yes. And I don't think she means it manipulatively. Like I think she just does like lead with her heart. She feels very heavily, but like yeah. the, the meanest thing you can do as someone who's done this and also been broken up with in this way is be like, who knows what the future holds though? <laughs> right. Like, dude, don't say that to someone. Just be like, I'll never see you again. Bye. Get in the car. Like that's right. what you have to like, do. That's how you have to end it. And I, and again, I don't think she does. I don't think she does it with the intention of being manipulative, but like, we don't like to criticize Michelle because she's amazing and we love she's her. She's an amazing man. But yeah. Broke up if the bachelor broke up with girls in that way, we would be reaming well, his ass. <laughs> ben Higgins, like it's the Ben Higgins effect of like telling everyone you love them and then yeah. still breaking up with them. Michelle did the same thing. Yeah. And like, you know, when Ben Higgins did it, we were like, Ben, you fucking flounder. Like you piece. <laughs> and like everybody garbage. loves, everybody loves Ben Higgins. Like, don't get me wrong. No, he has not like garnered a terrible reputation for this, but like, like when other leads do it, I feel like we're like, why is, why are they telling everyone that they love them? Like relax. Right. And then Michelle did it. And we were like, oh, but you know, they are three great guys. You know, yes. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. I would love them too. And like, whatever. But also, the, so with the, with that episode too, this is where, what I'm saying with Brandon, like Brandon, before she gives out the roses, it's like, can we talk for a second? Yes. And yeah, this he shit, knows when he's about to go home, he's like, yes. I gotta... And the other guys know like after also they did the fucking Peter Weber season make all the guys hang out during fantasy <laughs> which was way way more awkward when it was Peter Weber's girls because they were the three most like like conflict of interest women I've ever seen but with the three guys yeah, it was wait. just purely awkward it, it was, was Victoria Madison, Hannah Ann it was Hannah Ann Madison and Victoria F oh I forgot Victoria F okay yeah who is the worst <laughs> because he dated his entire top 10 after the show yeah, so I'm like was who was actually was on like, the show in top three <laughs> literally but so they did that again so already the guys have a lot of tension and so then Brandon is like can can I pull you for a second and I'm like dude this is my also my issue with Brandon if you don't get to say everything that you have to say on your dates you're not using them effectively like I'm sorry right. because plenty of people go on the dates and use the time that they have with the person to say everything they want to say and Brandon is someone who needs to write letters he needs to pull her aside when it's not his time to pull her aside like he constantly needs more moments and I'm like you're not using your time then you're, yeah. you're wasting your own time when you're with her I don't know what to say so he pulls her aside and basically I found this to be manipulative was like just know like I'm on your side no matter who you choose like even if it's not me I'm always rooting for you da, 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 da. this is after he's basically said I'm ripping my heart out and putting it in front of her she's the love of my life she's my person I can't imagine my life without her I would die without Michelle basically he has said this <laughs> and then he's like but we could still be friends so like no pressure if you don't want to choose me I'm like dude which is it <laughs> like, like, this is where it's like I this is where I feel like you and I are alone in this, but people find these gestures of Brandon's to be like really endearing. And I'm not really sure why, because like oh. every other person that's done this on any other season has gotten reamed. But for some reason, Brandon, everyone's like, oh, but he's so cute. I'm like, no, no, like it's just, it's weird. So anyways, she sends Joe home. The breakup I found to be pretty manipulative because she was like, I'm still falling in love with you right now. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm sure she was feeling that way. Like, 
not to keep going back to Hannah and Peter, but like in her book, like Hannah talks about that exact thing with Peter. She was like, I knew that I still had really strong feelings for him. And I knew that I could get there. Right. But like, like, I, I, I don't doubt that what she's saying is truthful, but at the same time, it's like, don't fucking tell him that. Don't like, say that. Not... Keep it to yourself. Include it in your book years from now. Like, don't, like, right. don't, right. don't say it to him right now. Cause he doesn't need to hear that right now. Right. So Joe goes home. That's pretty much the end of that episode. Um, yeah. And then the finale is now we're down to, to Brandon and Nate and the, the dates are all the same. So we're not even really right. going to touch on the dates. Um, no. But the key is that they are all going to be with our favorite people in Bachelor Nation, Michelle's parents. Um, so Brandon goes first. Again, this is a debate that gets had a lot about like, does the order matter? Does the lead like the person more who goes first? It happens a lot. We don't know. Um, so Brandon goes first. Now, Brandon has a leg up because Brandon had the date earlier on where he met her parents. So this is not the awkward first meeting. And they already know that they like him because they've already yeah. met him. Yeah. Which put Nate at, I think, a very unfair yeah, disadvantage. I, I found this extremely unfair. Like, I thought right. that the fact that he had met them before was, like, so unfair. And then the yeah. fact that he also got to go first, combined right. with the fact that he had already met them, I was like, well, obviously, they've already formed a positive opinion of him. And then they have another opportunity to continue to form right. a positive opinion of him before they even know what Nate, Nate, Nate. looks like. Like, they don't even yeah. know anything about Nate. And they've already decided that Brandon is the best thing on earth. I was like, this is so unfair. Like I found it to be quite an advantage for Brandon. Right. And basically Brandon's entire time, I guess it didn't make a difference because, uh, but, but Brandon's entire time with her parents is like, her parents are literally like, we want her to choose you. Like done deal. Like her parents are sold on right. Brandon. Um, she, the mom really says like, we just really love you. Like literally yeah. tells him that they are just huge fans of Brandon. And then like her dad goes as far as to say, which what Michelle has always been looking for is someone like her dad. Her dad says, Brandon reminds me of me. Dude, like done deal. Like <laughs> Michelle, Michelle is down bad after this like, Down horrendous, bro. So I was like, oh man, he said the magic words. Like it's over, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. But yeah, we just didn't even get a chance. And like all of that being said, I didn't think Brandon made that strong of an impression, to be honest. Right, like, they like, are obsessed. They're obsessed with him. And I'm like, from what I'm seeing, he's just a nice guy. You know what? And it's like, that's great. But like, Nate could also be a nice guy. You don't even know. You haven't even, yeah. So, so basically her parents are like, if Michelle doesn't pick Brandon, we choose Brandon. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're picking him if they don't right. last by proxy, um, yeah they are obsessed with him and so then by default nate's has to go terribly because her parents already are obsessed with brandon and it was basically a repeat of the date with nate's parents because nate's yeah. parents were like nate isn't ready for an engagement and michelle was like i don't know and then her parents that sign can't like, stop me because i can't read <laughs> like, right. literally that meme <laughs> And then Michelle's parents were like, Nate is not ready for an engagement. And Michelle's like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I pretend I do not see it. Yeah. And like Nate, to be fair, like Nate was clearly very nervous because again, he had never introduced anyone to his parents. He'd also probably not met girlfriend's parents before. Yeah. So he was really nervous. He kind of kept like slipping up, like mincing his words, like saying things he didn't mean to be saying because he was really nervous, clearly. But I also think it wouldn't have mattered. I think even if Nate had said everything perfectly and been a gem, they still would have just been like, 
we're in love with Brandon. So Brandon's the best, you know, like, I don't think Nate could have done anything to like win this approval. Yeah. And of course, like, we also have to bear in mind that because now we know that Nate won, this could also be the part in, in part due to editing because yeah. they always love to edit the winner's meeting to be awkward and like yeah. horrible to watch. Um, so, th- you know, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they both suck. So I yeah. would prefer that they, neither of them be there, but I, yeah. I will ride at dawn for Joe, but, um, same. Yeah. A team Joe, but like, if I had to choose, like, obviously I'm team Nate. I was team right. Nate all night. I was like, it has to be Nate, dude. If she chooses Brandon, like, I'll eat my foot. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't. Because, like, either way, I said it at the beginning of the episode, either way, like, I-, I hope it lasts. Like, I really do hope it lasts because I really like Michelle and they do seem really happy right now. Either way, it's likely it won't last. But, like, again, for opposite reasons. And I was like, I would much rather she at least gets this, like, th- what she wants with this guy who's, seemingly normal than be with Brandon who just like says all the right things all the time and I'm like yeah. I I worry more about Brandon like he gives off more red flags to me than Nate does yeah but, but which is the like unpopular so opinion everyone feels the opposite everyone's like I don't I'm like anything that Nate says and I'm like I'm like okay Brandon is like literally reading Hallmark cards I was just gonna season. say Brandon writes Hallmark cards all season long he's just been reading off of Hallmark cards and then sh- he did show his true colors at after the final rose a little bit and yeah. I feel like nobody's talking about it. And I'm like, I'm ready to like fight because yeah. I'm like, I don't care. You know what? Honestly, I feel bad because I'm making Michelle and Nate's story about Brandon because I don't like him. But like, I'm like, it's honestly at this point, it's not even about who she did choose. I'm just happy she didn't choose him because I find him to be, I don't think he's mature enough. And I just think he says what he thinks he should say to be, yeah. to seem like a good guy. I don't think he's actually a good guy. Well, kind of going into that for the um, AFR. So, so basically, like she chooses Nate. Um, we know she chooses Nate because we see Brandon step out of the thing first. We all know mm-hmm. the person who steps out first is going home. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've. Well, so Michelle got critiqued because she told both Brandon and Nate that she loves them and Joe. Right. But um, yeah, <laughs> everyone. She told the whole top seven that she. But, she told Rick like like somehow she also she loves Clayton. Olu. We don't know how she told Clayton, but she did. Like they didn't even talk. Like I. Don't know. So I. This is my feeling on it, and again, I don't think Michelle is manipulative. That being said, I do think she liked Brandon enough. I do think that she loved Brandon. And I think that she was hedging her bets a little bit because if Brandon's date truly did go first and the order wasn't flipped in editing, I think she knew that Nate was a little bit more of a wild card. Like things with Nate could go south, like the meet the parents thing could really scare him. He might leave, he might go home. And then it's like, okay, well, I, then that can be played off as, well, I wasn't going to choose Nate anyway. Like I told Brandon, I loved him first, you know? So it's like, I don't think she was doing it to be manipulative or be mean, but I think she was kind of hedging her bets a little bit of like, if something blows up with Nate and he goes home, well, then it's obvious I was going to choose Brandon. I told him I loved him. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, And I think also when you're with someone like Brandon, who like intoxicates you with love and affection all the time, it's kind of hard to not be like, I love you because you're getting you're getting like bombarded like and then in the card like he sent this whole card also they made him record a voiceover of his own card okay (laughs) okay and you want to know the worst part you know that they did that in editing so he had to like come in and do that 
Yeah, they were like, hey, mind popping on a Zoom real quick? We gotta get you to record the card you wrote to the girl that didn't choose you. Um, super weird. I was like, oh my God. Like this whole card, like this is what I'm saying. Like he's constantly kind of bombarding her with like affection. And he said that on the day she went on her date with Nate too. That really made me mad. I was like, can you let her think about Nate for a second? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's- he, she didn't choose him so it clearly didn't work like it was almost this plan to be like think about me more and like focus on me and it's like on this show you just have to be okay with them thinking about someone else and what's going to be the ultimate like testament to whether you should be together is if through all of that she still chooses you right but instead he's like trying to kind of like manipulate it so that it, it's like oh think about me think about me like I want right. to be on your mind all the time and it's like that's not how it works and it's not like the testament is the fact that she still chose Nate who didn't do that. Like she didn't need Nate to constantly be sending her cards and shit to be thinking about him. She just was. Right. So, so then proposal day, uh, Brandon gets out. And what I don't like, we say it every time, but they make the loser basically do the speech yeah. like, they, <laughs> like they won. This is like why when a few people have done it and I always like it is when they break up with the person before proposal day. Like just, yeah. Tasha did it um Allie Matt did, did it years ago Matt did it more and more they've kind of started doing it and I always I mean Katie did it but that wasn't her choice but <laughs> Katie got broken up with but either way <laughs> either way um like more and more Blake Moynes was the only person left standing Blake Moynes was like it was like week like two and there was no one left <laughs> um so it, like more and more we're seeing proposal day just be about the couple I think it's better for the actual couple and I think it's better for the person who is like the runner-up because they don't have to go through the pain of like trying to get down on one knee <laughs> being stopped <laughs> and being stopped so Brandon goes home a sad sad sack like, it was a so really depressed. sad goodbye this is the only moment where I genuinely did feel for him like he did yeah. grow on me only in this moment and then after the final rose I was like oh you are a piece of shit get the fuck out <laughs> it's like I yeah. hate you. but this moment I genuinely felt really bad for him because he was like really really distraught and but he was also holding it together to an extent of like being like I really just want you to be happy and like he was trying to not he was trying to come off good it. Yeah, he was trying to not project it, which I appreciated. In the I moment. feel like I was like, thank you. I feel like the proposals are rarely a blindside to the runner-up because, like, yeah, they're sad. They they held out hope. Maybe it was them, but like, typically, unless you're Ben Higgins or Michelle, typically, the lead at this point has told the person who's winning in the fantasy suite, "I love you. I'm choosing you." Yeah, hang tight. You know, yeah. and then the runner-up will be like, oh, well, she didn't tell me that, but I'm going to hold out hope, you know, whatever. So, but like Tyler Cameron, not blindsided. Like no. the majority of people are not blindsided by this, but I feel like Brandon and like Jojo on Ben season are like two like true blindsides that we've seen because the lead told them that they loved them. Like yeah. if you're the runner-up yeah. and the person is saying to you on, on while cameras are rolling, I love you. Well, yeah. Then you're kind of like, okay, great. Like I won. <laughs> also Michelle has said, she did say it to like Caitlin, I think, but I'm sure she also said it to Brandon that like that people were like, oh, what are the downsides of Brandon? And she was like, nothing. Like she yeah. has literally said, like she had no problems with him. There was nothing that worried her. There was nothing that like could potentially be an issue. And I'm sure she said the same to him. So honestly, him going in, I'm sure he was like, I'm getting yeah. engaged. 
Like, I'm and he says it to Caitlin yeah. on AFR, which they have to. I mean, it doesn't make it for good TV for Tyler right. Cameron to be like, we didn't sleep together and she didn't say she loved me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I knew. Like, we, yeah, like, we knew. <laughs> we knew. Yeah. We both knew. It's fine. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, he seemed like genuinely blindsided by it. Um, and then Nate and Michelle get engaged, which, yes, Riley and Marissa from Paradise, but this is the first black couple that has come from the franchise that is from the bachelor or the bachelorette not paradise so this was big like amazing groundbreaking awesome it was a really beautiful proposal and i think nate again like joe was joe was number one joe was the choice like right kayla and i'll take that to our graves like no no denying that (laughs) for, for us but I think Nate did, again, get a tough edit. I think he got criticism because compared to Brandon, he didn't tell how he felt as much. But that being said, nobody should tell someone how much that much. Like, that's too that's too much, arguably. Like, I'm like, I'm like we need to set a cap. Like, there needs to be, like, a minimum. There also needs to be a maximum. Like, yeah, it was a lot. Let's cut it off at a level. And so I think Nate kind of did get a short end there. And all that being said, I think that they did have a really beautiful proposal. And, like, they're still together. Like, and it's been months. So, yeah, they're together. We go to AFR. Basically, all that happens at AFR, Brandon, blindsided, sad, Nate and Michelle, uh, there were rumors going around that Nate and Michelle were not still together. So mm-hmm. I, when Nate came out, I was like, are we about yeah. to get a bombshell? Like, is it going to be a side hug moment? And then they sit down. But no, they're still together. Yeah. The only thing I was going to say about Brandon was like, Brandon at, after the final rose, like, yeah, was obviously like devastated and stuff. But then when he's talking to Michelle, he's like, it was hard to watch. Cause like you had to force Nate to open up to you. And I was yeah. like, you're trying to be the bigger person. And then you say shit like that. Like, I no, just but think- I also do understand and sympathize with what he's saying about yeah. like, you were saying that you wanted someone to be open with you and to be communicative. And I was those things. And the person you chose was not. Right. So I do get it. I just think it was a tough thing to say when you're trying yeah. to, he's trying to paint himself as this like bigger person who's not bitter. And then he says that. And I'm like, okay, well now you're coming off as bitter. Like, I don't know. And I was right. just like, it made me upset that he would say that to her now on like now you know what I mean it's like I get I get the sentiment of it and I get being like but I was the things you wanted but I also think he could have said that and left it there and instead he was like but I watched you have to open open Nate up or whatever and like I was kind of like okay you didn't have to bring Nate into it you could have just said like I just thought I was giving you everything you wanted not sort of upset me the most you know what I mean and then also the fact that he was like I miss your parents bro I've had an ex who said that shit you did the most manipulative thing a person can say to you I genuinely believe like I miss your family get the fuck out that's so manipulative I made me want to throw yeah up. I was like, like don't get no. me wrong like I have had partners and I do currently have a partner where if we broke up I would miss his family a lot oh, yeah. but at the same time it's like you don't say that to someone like that's no. someone's family like that's someone's safe space like that is their yes. safe space like if you guys break up like you don't it's, get to claim somebody else's family. You don't get to claim like, them. And that's the thing. And like, that's, Brandon totally strikes me as the type of guy who would like try to be in touch with her dad, like behind her back. him on Facebook. I mean? yeah. yeah. Like he just like totally like, and again, like I've had an ex like that. And it like, it was really, really tough. Like I was yeah. like, it sucks. It's so hard to be the person in that position to be like, that's my family, dude. Like that's, that's my home. And like, yeah. I'm sorry that you don't get to see them anymore. And I know that that's hard, but like, don't put that on me. Because, yeah. like, you 
you also have a family. Also, <laughs> like, also, like, he acts like he spent so much time with her family. I get yeah. it. They had a good relationship, but they literally met twice. Like, it's not they that met serious. twice, dude. Like, I miss your family. Okay, not like you spent Christmas with them for eight years. Like, you met them right. two times. Like, it's fine. Right. But yeah, so then Nate comes out and um, they are still together. He's moving to Minnesota. And then we see a franchise first where they were given a check for $200,000 for a down payment on their first home, which is going to be in Minnesota, which is very sweet. And honestly, if I were on the show, I would prefer that to an Eolene ring. I'd be like, we'll buy our own ring. Can you just like put up some cash? This was, yeah, this was like the nicest thing I've seen. And it made me, that, that, also the fact that he was like, like she, Caitlin asked like, oh, what do you, what's the plan? Like, where are you moving? Like he immediately was like, I'm moving to Minneapolis. Like no hesitation. That's the first time we've seen that in a long, yeah. <laughs> in a long time. Like Tasha and Zach even were like, we're going to be by coastal. And like, they were distance a lot of the time. And like, I loved them regardless. And I think that they did the best that they could to make it work because they both had commitments in their cities. Yeah. Um, but like to see them be like, yeah, we're going to get a place together, like in her hometown, like he's going to sacrifice for that. I'm like, because you know what? good, good for it's, him. It's clear that Michelle is the type of lead who expressed early on that that was a deal breaker for her. And like, mm-hmm. if you're not down to move to Minnesota where I live, like, I'm not going to be a lead yeah. that moves to LA. Like if you're not down to live in Minnesota, then it's not going to work. And so yeah. I thought it was more realistic than we've seen a lot of leads be in the Agreed. past. Yeah, because they usually just don't talk about it. And I guarantee that she and Nate had talked about it either in their fantasy suite or on camera and they just cut it out because they didn't want us to like Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Also, they they showed Brandon saying it, but they never showed Nate saying it. But I was like, I'm sure they've had those conversations. Like, I don't think that Michelle would choose Nate. And then he's like, I'm staying in Texas. Like, that that wouldn't make sense for her. Also, like $200,000 in Minnesota. Yeah, bro. Like, they're gonna be rolling. <laughs> they're falling. They're yeah. falling. That's two hundred thousand dollars in New York would get them a studio. <laughs> yeah, like literally. I want them to do a spinoff show of like them in their new house, um, but only for like three episodes. I really don't want it to be long. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the thing is that made me happy was they showed Michelle's parents and his parents in the audience. Yeah. Her mom said, like, we are in love with Nate. We love Nate. And their moms are, like, besties and love each other. And that made me happy because, again, after that hometown, I was like, uh-oh. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, the fact, obviously, like, her parents were able to warm up to him and get to know him better. And um, it, like, wasn't an issue. Again, I just feel like, I just think Brandon had such an upper hand. There was no way that they were ever going to be, like, yeah, Nate's amazing and you should choose him. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and then they did this weird thing. Uh, the only other thing we'll touch on, they did this like, oh, weird thing with Clayton. They're like, this is the thing. Whenever The Bachelor tries to play into the joke and like be in on the joke, they just always do it very wrong. They miss. They're, they're like, like, we're self-aware. I'm like, be more yeah. self-aware to know that you should not do that. Like, <laughs> they're like trying to be in on the joke that Clayton was kind of chosen out of nowhere and like nobody wanted Clayton to be The Bachelor. So- they're like reaming him in front of the studio audience being yeah. like nobody nobody wanted you you were a mistake like it's like, like <laughs> it's like it's like celebrities mean read mean tweets but it's clayton so it's like not a celebrity it's just like some fucking guy and then he's like reading mean tweets about himself and like 
he does have a good sense of humor about it seemingly but also it totally erases the fact that like the reason we're mad it's clayton is not because it's clayton it's the fact that they chose another boring white guy from the middle of out nowhere, of nowhere who yeah no one cares about right like it, it was kind of like it just like lacked it lacked more self-awareness than if they had just said nothing like i was like you made yeah. it worse and then like they were trying we're to make jokes about his looks like being a factor like people thinking he's not attractive no. and that's where they get so out of touch because i'm like we're not saying clayton is ugly and that's no. why we don't want him we're not like like it's actually nothing it could not be less personal against clayton it's actually yeah. more it's personal against joe and rodney and olu like it's personal yeah. against like we had a season of like a lot of black men and men of color who could have been amazing bachelors and they once again this franchise is just like we're just going to choose the white guy who's boring like dude yeah. you you yeah. had other opportunities and like that's what's upsetting about it and i'm like it actually has it couldn't have less to do with clayton yeah. as a person i think so it came it, off looking bad for the franchise because they're just not self-aware but i actually think it made clayton look good yeah. because we saw more of his personality in these five minutes than we did the entire season like he was laughing about totally. it like he clearly has a sense of humor like i feel like he came off looking good but the yeah. franchise came off looking very out of touch they just looked stupid like it made me it did make me like him more yeah um which like if that's even possible because like more I don't than care. nothing yeah more yeah. than nothing so it's like wow congratulations you know what i mean yeah. i had no feelings and now i have one like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey at least the one is positive yeah at least it's positive but like yeah it, it did make him look okay but like and also there was you know there was a tweet that was like it should have been rodney or something and clayton was like hey i actually don't disagree you know what i mean like yeah he he did he had like good answers to things i think and like good responses yeah. that did make him look good but yeah overall i was like this was the stupidest bit i've ever seen literally <laughs> like, and the only other i was like the only person i want to watch read mean tweets is peter weber i want because <laughs> i want to watch peter weber cry like <laughs> i want him to cry and and i don't want the franchise to pick the mean tweets that get read i no, want to pick them i want to pick them and i want to tweet them also i want them to just be my tweets and <laughs> i definitely have enough i've definitely sourced enough <laughs> tweets about peter weber over the last few years um i could definitely get some squeeze some good content out and get um, him to read live on air that's really the only person i want to see do that clayton don't care peter weber I want you to cry. I want you to suffer. So basically yeah. the only other thing from the finale I wanted to touch on was that Taisha was in New York, which obviously has been a cesspool for COVID right now. So she had been exposed to COVID. She doesn't have it. Um, I'm assuming she doesn't have it. She's as of now, yeah, I guess. right now yeah. she posted, she's going to LA for Christmas or to California for Christmas, but she was in New York. So she had been exposed. So she did not go to the live finale recording. So as sad as it was to not have Taisha, I thought Caitlin did a phenomenal job. Like, oh yeah, she killed it, especially because this was live, live. Like they didn't yeah. film this in advance. So like they normally do. I don't know what motivated them to actually film it live, but I'm glad they that they did live. I'm yeah. glad that they did. I missed that. I feel like when they've done it, you know, pre-recorded, like quote unquote live, but pre-recorded, like, I don't know, there's something about doing it live it makes me more confident because I'm like, oh, they really are still together. Like this is happening right now rather than they filmed time, this yeah. weeks ago. So like, Could they know. be broken up? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I thought she killed it. Like, she, oh, she held it down. Like she, yeah. did, ama she did amazingly well. And yeah. I love her and adore her. Yeah, she was great. 
um, you know, the, they tried to do all these stupid Christmas bits throughout it that I was like, this is dumb, but <laughs> yeah, we're not even going to touch but, like, on that. I'm not even, I'm ignoring it. Um, but yeah, she did great and like is a great host and I, we did miss Tasha, but no, it was amazing. I hope that they keep hosting forever, yeah, forever <laughs> until, the end of, until the end of time. Um, um so but yeah. the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit, because I know that I said that I was going to read this book, but like, I really did listen to the audiobook, and like, there was some tea in Hannah Brown's book that I like. I need. do want to know the tea. I do want to know the tea. I need to divulge the tea that was in Hannah Brown's book because shit was wild. First of all, Hannah Brown's book was clearly written by a ghostwriter. <laughs> that being said. <laughs> <laughs> that being said she was heavily involved in the process but some some revelations that were in the book that were not tea but just like were things that happened were I did not know this but Hannah Brown had cancer as a child she had um pancreatic cancer which is actually a very like deadly form of cancer yeah. but she was really young she was like a kid and she just had constant stomach pain and she her mom kept taking her to the doctor and her doctors kept being like oh it's IBS and her mom was like it's not IBS she's like doubled over in pain every day like please do an ultrasound like whatever they do an ultrasound and she had a tumor in her pancreas and she got really lucky because it was cancerous but it hadn't ruptured yet so it hadn't it was like very self-contained so they were able to remove it she's fine but I was like okay I did not know that Hannah Brown had cancer didn't know that I can't believe um, that the franchise didn't like capitalize on that. Yeah, literally. They were like, she's a <laughs> Which cancer is survivor. Which so mean of me to say, but like, <laughs> like yeah. knowing this fucking franchise, Mike Fleiss would have been foaming at the fucking mouth to get that on television. <laughs> like, literally. Say um, it, say it to the camera. <laughs> he was like, we're going to test you again on camera just to see if you still have it. Just like go literally. with it. <laughs> um, so there was that. And then she talks about, this was also very dark. Her aunt and her two cousins were murdered when she was very young. And it was like a very, like, it sounded like a crime podcast episode. It was like very scary. She, so her aunt and her cousins and her uncle lived like down the street from her in Alabama and they were having, their house was under construction and their house was getting worked on by like contractors during the day. So like people were coming in and out of their house a lot. And one day her uncle wasn't home. He was out of the house, like shopping or whatever. And it was just the aunt and the kids at home. And one of the guys working on their house knocked on their door. And so obviously the mom opened the door because she knows them, like he's working on the house. So she opened the door and he was attempting to rob them, but the robbery went wrong because Hannah's aunt like fought back. And so he ended up murdering her aunt and her two young cousins And so this like very much shaped Hannah's like upbringing, obviously. And like, she talked a lot in the book about, like, she kept coming back to it and being like my, like my constant need for security and like my constant need for like safety and like all that kind of stuff, like stems back to this happening when I was so young. And it, it like, it was interesting kind of like thinking back on moments that we've seen from her, like on her show and stuff like that, where she would constantly talk about the need to feel safe and to feel protected and comforted and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it totally lines up with this obviously like horrible and traumatic thing that happened to her. Um, But again, like, why did we never learn about this? Like not, not saying that like, anybody should have to reveal trauma that they're not comfortable sharing on live TV. Like, it seems like she is comfortable sharing it, you know, like she wrote about it in her book. And like, she talked about in the book, how she told both Peter and Jed about it 
uh, like on the show and it mm. just didn't make it to to air oh my god um which I thought was very interesting because again like she's she's like clearly comfortable talking about it like she wrote about it in her book she said she told Peter and Jed while cameras were rolling and it just didn't make it to to the show which I thought was like that seems like something that they would feature yeah even like because that was a little bit before they started talking about like really contra- uh, quote unquote controversial, not actually controversial things, but bachelor controversial yeah. things. <laughs> like yeah. her season was a little bit before that time. But that being said, like they still always would talk about like deaths in the family and things like that on the show. Like yeah. to, for as long as it's been on, because that's what to them is like, it's great TV, like whatever. Yeah, and um, I mean, they've shared- again, so dark to say, but like, it is interesting that they never like showed that because it clearly has shaped her. Yeah, and so also much. like they showed, I mean, I, I get that it's it's obviously very dark and it's not, you know, like, oh, my grandma passed away from old age. Like, I get that it's a dark situation, but like before Hannah Brown season, they aired Kaylin talking about her absolutely horrible sexual assault experience. So it's like, they haven't shied away from really- horrible tragedies like that before so I I just thought it was interesting that they didn't air it but on the more tea side of things on a lighter note um she okay this is the this is the fantasy sweet tea so Luke she obviously sent home so Peters was first Peters was the first one that she shot they obviously had sex like whatever four times in a windmill then Luke's was next and no, no 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 it was Peter and then it was Jed so she had already slept with Peter. Then she goes to the fantasy suite with Jed. They have a great night. They end up having sex. And she, in the fantasy suite, decides that it is Jed. Mm-hmm. So at that point, she's like, okay, I'm not going to sleep with Luke or Tyler because I know that it's Jed. So, and Luke's was Yikes. next. Obviously horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and something that was also really interesting when she talked about the Luke situation, because obviously like the most iconic line that came from Hannah's season was, I have sex and Jesus still loves me. Mm-hmm. And this was like a big moment for like such a cr- historically Christian purist like franchise to have this said by the lead. But Hannah talked about in the book, she was like, I kind of got made to be this feminist icon that I ended up being, but I really wasn't at the time. She was like, I was raised in a very conservatively Christian community in Alabama. And like, when I said that, I was saying it because it was true. And like, I believed it, but I really didn't start to become as feminist as I am now until after the show. Yeah. So she actually felt like when it aired, it actually wasn't super reflective of the values that she held at the time. It it was actually like a very interesting kind of like Christian guilt sort of chapter that she talked about really well done, probably by the hand well, of the ri- writer. Well but- written, <laughs> not by her, but that person did a great job writing it. <laughs> and so the Luke thing, and then she goes to the fantasy suite with Tyler, doesn't sleep with Tyler or whatever. So she sends Peter home. I talked about that earlier. Then once she's with Jed, this is the tea. Once she's with Jed, they're like hanging out. They're having a great time. And Jed goes, I'm just so glad that like you you know, you knew it was me so early on and like you chose to not be intimate with anybody else. And Hannah was like, no, like I said that I wasn't intimate with anybody else after you. Like I chose you in the fantasy suite and I was not intimate with anybody after you. And he was like, I thought that I went first. And Hannah was like, you didn't go first. And Chad was like, who went before me? And she was like, Peter. And he was like, and you were intimate with Peter? And she was like, yes. 
And then Jed got so insecure that apparently he was like asking who was better in bed. He asked whose dick was bigger, like all this crazy shit. And then Hannah in her book completely goes unhinged. And it's like, for the record, the sex with Peter was a lot better. (laughs) And I was- For for nobody who was wondering, it was Peter. (laughs) For for nobody who's wondering. For all those who haven't asked, Peter was better. But also, like, how sad? Like, how bad is Dude. Jed if, like, Pilot well, Pete was, like... You texted me, like, earlier this week about how she had only had sex with, like, conservative guys from the South before Peter. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so that's why it felt good. Like, it was the first time she experienced foreplay. Like, it wasn't actually, like, good sex. It was just, like, maybe he, like, tried to, like, rub her labia for, like, 30 seconds before. Maybe he got, <laughs> Versus, like... like, she probably had never experienced that before. Yeah, maybe, uh-huh. like he got within like a half an inch of her clitoris versus like before it was just like six inches away you know yeah like like, where are you even you know what I mean like where 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 where's this going um and then the the final tea that I want to share from it also related to Peter Weber was that after her season was done airing we see all the Tyler thing him leaving her apartment whatever she's done with Tyler she's annoyed with Tyler she's like gonna reconnect with Peter she goes on Peter's season and Peter threatened to quit the show if Hannah was if he was like if you know that you want to be with me I will leave like I will quit and Hannah was like you literally can't quit like you already committed to this the cameras are rolling and Peter was like if you tell me right now that you want to be with me I will quit the show and Hannah was like I don't want to do that to you like that's a lot of pressure to put on me like enjoy your experience and like if down the road it doesn't work out for you like maybe we'll reconnect whatever and boy, did it not work out for Peter. <laughs> As we know, after he cycled through all 30 women individually. <laughs> so they go to reconnect at Hannah Godwin and Dylan Barber's. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Party. I did hear about this. I read about this. And yeah. they had boring sex after at Peter's parents' house. No. <laughs> and then he was getting up early to go fly a plane. So she wakes up to him, like, putting on his pilot's uniform. And he was like sorry I didn't want to wake you I've got to go but my parents are downstairs they're so excited to see you oh so she had to walk of shame from pilot Pete's childhood bedroom down to the kitchen where she had to sit with sweet nums and pilot Pete's <laughs> sweet nums Mr. sweet nums pilot Pete gave her a hundred dollars for an Uber from his parents' house to her apartment. So she had to sit in his parents' kitchen with them while she waited for her Uber to get there. Oh my God. Yeah. So the um, woman, honestly, she's been through a lot. <laughs> she's been through a lot. I'm so happy she's in a happy relationship now because that is just the Isn't stuff of nightmares. That is the stuff of nightmares. Okay. I just, I was, my jaw was on the ground for the majority of the, the pilot PT because it was worse than I thought. That is so much worse than, why, why his parents, he was rich. He was the bachelor. And he, like, he was a, he was a bachelor and he's a pilot. Like he makes pilot. money. Like he has money. Like, why are you at your parents' house? You wacko. Oh my God. That is such mess. But it was like, believe. it was an interesting love, book. It's really the pilot Pete. I'm not doing stupid. I'm not making stupid decisions on purpose. That quote, that's my favorite quote from all of Bachelor history is when Pete, pilot Pete gave an interview during his season that was like, I'm not doing stupid things on purpose. And I was like, <laughs> me. <laughs> I was like, me. 
maybe the reason that you was hate like, pilot p so much because he's he's me he's the the flip side of the coin you know what i mean it's like but also it's like you gotta be more self-aware my guy like if you're making that dumb of decisions you gotta know you're making dumb decisions he like he really was just like i didn't know that i was being insufferable yeah it was really there was a lot of revelations for the most part she talked about tyler pretty respectfully like you can tell that she still like has respect for tyler right but she did reveal that they obviously quarantined together literally nothing happened between them not even so much as a kiss the entire time despite the fact that they shared a bed the entire time she yeah was there. and yeah. she left feeling like kind of rejected because she was like you had me fly there to quarantine with you because you wanted to figure things out with me and then you didn't even so much as kiss me so like what, what did I do right and then they filmed that dumb YouTube video together where they were like what really happened and they have not spoken since they filmed that video Oh my god! But the fact that she's like very close friends with Matt James, she's she said yeah. at this point she is like very close friends with Matt James, and that her and Tyler have not spoken. That's insane. I didn't watch that YouTube video. I did care, and then I was like, no, it's too long. <laughs> you were like, like, what could these two people have to talk about for? Yeah, I was minutes? like, you know what? I'm gonna have to read a debrief. Like, I can't. I'm like, I, I ain't watching all that. Happy for you though, or sorry that happened. <laughs> do you want to know it's like so sick I was like I don't want to watch this really long YouTube video of the two of them talking about it and then I listened to Hannah Brown's eight hour audiobook 32 minutes no time eight hours sign me the fuck up yeah I will be I will oh, yeah. be engaging I well now you have to read Tyler's I will never I, if I will Hannah never. Brown Hannah Brown's ghostwriter at least did a good job of sounding like Hannah. And because I listened to the audiobook, it was Hannah reading it. So yeah. it, it didn't feel that crazy. It was her first time. All reading. I know is she, she had no idea what the book said until she did the audiobook. <laughs> All I need to know is who ghost wrote Tyler Cameron's book because Tyler Cameron is so hot and he seems like such a nice guy. But every interview I watch of him, I lose brain cells. I don't uh, know what this man could have written is, in the book. Who is greenlighting these people writing books? Like, and now it's, it's like so bad. I feel bad because Matt Jane, Rachel Lindsay's is coming out, which I will I'm also be reading. I'm excited about hers. I will read hers. Yeah. I will definitely read hers. And, yeah. But because of the Bachelor book train that's been happening where so many people are writing books now, like Matt James is coming out with a book and people were kind of like making fun of it and being like, oh, another Bachelor book. And like, I get it. Like Madison Pruitt has no business writing a book. Hannah no. Brown probably doesn't have a lot of business writing a book. No. But like Matt James's experience is someone who I would actually be interested yeah. to hear about. Like, and I felt bad because he was kind of getting lumped in with the rest of the Bachelor books. And I'm like, no, he like, was a catalyst for like a major movement. Like Chris Harrison is not the host anymore because of Matt James' season. Like, right. And the conversations that it started and it opened up and stuff. So I was like. I know you guys aren't like trying to be racist by making jokes yeah, about but, but like don't lump him in with like Madison Pruitt and Tyler Cameron like and Matt like, James is someone Colton, who actually has a story to tell when Colton Underwood wrote his book I was like oh, right. that was that was before all of the like shit that he did to Cassie too but like actually was, it was it before, before or was it all after? yeah no it he was still with Cassie when the book came out right 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 and it then they added like, came out Right. It was before everything. And I still was pissed that he wrote a book. I was like, this is ridiculous that somebody let him write a book. <laughs> yeah, like at least like, Hannah, Brown, Hannah Brown um, had more to say than I thought she did, like right. when I re listened to the book. But like Colton, Madison Pruitt, Tyler, no yeah. business. But no. Matt James, I'm like, he actually probably has and, an interesting story to tell. Yeah. And Rachel Lindsay, I mean, I can't wait. I'm oh like, my God. that's going to be incredible. I'll wait in line at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Like, I will, <laughs> I will be there. 
Um, so yeah. I think that there's a time and place. I think certain people, I, I would, I would read a book if Tasha wrote one, like I would read that. Um, I would read one if Caitlin Bristow wrote one, like, <laughs> like there are people in this franchise that I think are, have interesting stories and interesting lives, but like some of you do not need to be writing books. <laughs> I Tyler Cameron, this is for you. You do not need to write a book. <laughs> like, um, so that being said though, glad that I have that tea. Um, um even though it's I, so embarrassing. By the way, if I ever did that, like if I especially if it was Pilot Pete, if I ever backslid and hooked up with a guy in his parents' house, I would never talk about it and I would especially never write it in a book. So she's so brave. She's honestly <laughs> For, like, so brave. Publicly being like, Yeah, I did that. Oh my god, I would never admit to it. Even if people found out, I'd be like, That didn't happen. <laughs> No, yeah, no, it's so embarrassing. I can't even believe she gave him that much rental space in her book. No, that's like, insane. He has to pay royalties for it. <laughs> but that being said, um, I did the dirty work so you all don't have to. That's the tea from Hannah Brown's book. Um, if someone watched Colton's thing and wants to tell me, I'll, I'll listen, but I still have no intention no. to watch Colton's thing. Um, my friend texted me, why do we hate Colton again? Or like, why do we hate the gay guy from The Bachelor? That was, I think, what the text said. And I said, um, and I said, oh, he stalked and harassed his ex. And she goes, I knew it was something big. <laughs> She's like, I knew there was a reason I didn't want to watch the show. Thank you. She's like, yeah, I needed. So uh, he sucks. But anyways, that's anyway. it. That's the recap of Michelle's season. That's the recap of Hannah Brown's book. Yeah. Um, that's it. I think there's not really any Bachelor Nation news. No. That's it. That's all we got. So yeah, we'll be back eventually for Clayton season. So probably not after the premiere, but two weeks after in. The also, second week, actually, yeah. I hate recapping the premiere. You guys know that. So this is perfect. I'm thrilled to not recap the premiere alone because it is always the worst. It's like, then some guy named Jake got it, or it'll be women, <laughs> but some girl named Ashley got out of the limo. Okay, then some girl named Bethany got out of the limo. Like that's the whole first episode. And then <laughs> this season has four Laurens compared to last season's three Laurens. Like, Jesus Christ. So anyway, yeah. so yeah, we'll see you two weeks into Clayton's Clayton season. season. Hot and heavy. Can't wait. And we love you. Please stay safe. Um, please be careful. Wear a mask. Get your boosters. Um, because I jinxed us last week when we canceled our episode, I put in my caption on Instagram that we had holiday par- holiday parties to go to, and now we are not because we're scared. So, also, someone who went to my holiday party had COVID, so I'm very glad I did not go um, to that. So, stay safe, stay healthy. Thanks a lot. Get your boosters. Have a great holidays. Merry Season. Christmas, Happy New Year to all who celebrate, and we'll see it. We'll see you in 2022, baby. We'll see you in 2022 when you guys, the real ones will remember from last year um, that I will be sober when we recap in January because I'm doing another whole 30. So the real ones will remember. I can't believe it's already that time of year. Wow. Thrilled. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.